This is Pop Fiction Women. I'm Corinne. I'm Kate. And we're complicated. Blunt. Total boss. But sometimes a mess. Opinionated. But never boring. And in this podcast, we're discussing the complicated women of the best books, TV, and movies. Along with the complicated women behind the scenes. Warning, lots of spoilers ahead. So come back when you're done. Hurry up, it's starting. Happiest season. So, happiest season. I first saw the trailer on Alison Bree's Instagram. She plays Sloane in this, as you know, and I love a good rom-com, as do you. And of course, we love them with Alison Bree because Sleeping with Other People is one of our favorites that we covered. And so... I saw her, I saw it was a rom-com, then I'm like, oh, it's a holiday rom-com, even better. Saw the stellar cast. I was very intrigued with the fact that it's not just a holiday rom-com, but it is the first major entry in this genre to feature a same-sex couple. And maybe the word groundbreaking is too much. I don't know, though. I mean, I just remember thinking, like, yes, like, Finally, you know, it felt really overdue, of course, Mm -hmm. but also just for us, just it just felt so important and consistent with what we talk about more generally on this podcast all the time, which is about how much representation matters in film and TV and movies. Yes. So then I dug a little deeper and discovered it was written and directed by a woman, which meets our criteria. It's directed by Clea Duvall and written by Clea and Mary Holland, who also stars in it as Jane. Mm-hmm. I love Jane. Mm-hmm. So at that point, it was it was not out yet. It was just the trailer. So it came out Thanksgiving weekend, and I watched it. And apparently, by the way, so did everyone else, because <laughs> Happiest Season broke records on Hulu, attracting more new subscribers than any other film on the platform, wow. and became Hulu's most watched original movie during its opening weekend so apparently I wasn't the only one watching it and Uh. yeah and I realized after that and I think it's interesting to note that it was originally slated to have a big Sony supported rollout in thousands of theaters worldwide but because of the pandemic you know they made a deal with Hulu and but it was you know slated to be a big budget holiday rom-com which you know is amazing Um, yeah So then I watched it and I was bawling (laughs) and through my tears, I wrote to you and said that we had to cover this. And, you know, I I said that while I certainly cannot personally speak to the central theme of what it's like to be a queer woman denying her identity to her family, I really related to so many other things in it which we'll talk about but you know just this idea that we all have parts of ourselves we feel we can't show or an image we have to maintain or just expectations from family and friends that we feel we have to uphold and I mean this is a story of Abby and Harper and and the coming out but it's also just about two people feeling misunderstood right by Mm. the people they love the most so I, I just felt like it was very relatable and I know that that's going to come through in a lot of what we discussed today, but I just, I was really moved by it and said, I just, I really want to talk about this with you. And I was like, uh, no brainer. Holiday rom-com, 
that's it. That's enough for me. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. We want to talk about our complicated women. There are a lot of women, a lot of really interesting, well-drawn female characters in this. Clearly, our stars are Abby and Harper. I think Harper, we probably want to focus on as our truly complicated uh, woman, but I would, I definitely want to talk about the other women as well. So I don't know if you want to start with Harper or the person who drives the movie is Harper. So I thought mm-hmm. that was pretty easy. Harper's <laughs> really the one driving this movie. Yes, no, she definitely is, and I guess you're right. It's not a matter of who's the most complicated, but I do think it's yeah. Who's this is this is Harper's story, as you would say. Mm-hmm. You know, when we cover some of the like, I remember with Boomerang, you're like, this is Marcus's story or whatever. Yes. This is, I think, this is Harper's story. Yes, and definitely. I think she's got a very. It's a, Mackenzie Davis plays her, and it's a you know, it's a, it's a tough task for for her in this movie because. I think it's hard to for the audience sort of not to turn on her. You know, she's basically, you know, tricked her girlfriend back into the closet for Christmas. And in the middle, she does do a lot of things that, you know, are hard to watch. And, and, and you know, she ultimately, you know, we'll get to the end and, and how it turns out. But I think it was a really difficult role. But I think the script... Uh, which I thought was amazing, really helps with that, with, with with us being able to see all the parts of Harper and what's going on with her. I mean, so I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I, I really... I, I, I mean, Harper's the, the character I, I thought I would relate to the most. I do. It's not necessarily in the way of secrets, but just in the in the realm of living kind of two different lives. I've done this many times in my life in different ways, like my career versus what I really wanted to be doing with myself uh, and just lots of different ways. I, I really understood that. But as a love story, I it, I had some issues with it. I So I think Harper as a daughter and a sister, 100% complicated. She is conflicted. She doesn't really know what she's doing, which kind of music she's she's dancing to. Yeah. I thought as a girlfriend, though, she, it, she was a little bit more one-dimensional, a little bit more of a cliche of the bad girlfriend. I actually almost wanted her to be worse. There's something oh. weird about... Well, we can talk about this later, but there's something weird about... There's like the person who's good... And then you're like, okay, that person's good. I want to be with them. And then the person, they're so bad that you're like, okay, that person is just deeply hurt and hiding something. And then there's like the middle, which is just a kind of average jerk. And I never had anything to do with the average jerk. I'll take the good one and I'll take the damaged one. The average jerk, I wouldn't have put up with any of it. I would be like, okay, bye, see ya. You're just a jerk. You don't seem to have some real, uh, although, I mean, it comes out much later, but and even then it's a little bit questionable, but you would think she has some really deep pain going on. And yeah. I don't think we saw enough of that, but I'm all for someone who has really deep pain and who's acting out because of it. But yeah, I, just didn't, I thought I didn't by really the end, that. I saw more of the deep pain, but I think we'll talk about it when we talk about some of the scenes at the end. I think that will come out. Yeah, but, um, and, but even then, I, I see it too at the end, but isn't it too late yeah no that's a good question i i think in terms of the timing in the movie and that what you've already sort of decided or felt by the point at which this comes out 
That I definitely can see. You know, so would you have more on Harper? Because I think there will be. We'll I mean, to. I have, yeah, more. Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll get to more on Harper. Yes, yeah. um, I was going to say about Abby, it was interesting. You know, I'm not used to seeing Kristen Stewart like this in a comedic role, in a lighthearted Christmas movie, you know, playing a woman who's pretty earnest and romantic yes. and hopeful. And that already seemed subversive to me and like complicated because of the casting. Do you know what I mean? So I yeah. felt like... As a viewer, I see Kristen Stewart on screen and I'm expecting like this cool kind of off-putting, maybe even a little dark, serious person. And that's not Abby at all. Mm -hmm. And that immediately made her complicated to me, even Mm -hmm. though Abby, just straight Abby on the screen, isn't, isn't really, I don't know. I mean, listen, from the start of the movie, like we see her getting like the ring and telling John that Harper's her person and she Mm -hmm. wants the world to know. And She's pretty traditional, which mm. I was a little thrown off at first, too. I mean, mm. she says she wants to ask her father for permission. Mm. And John's like, way to stick it to the patriarchy. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a pet sitter, but also apparently studying art history at Carnegie Mellon. So it's like there's there's contradictions that were interesting to me about her in addition to it being just, to me, contradictory to see Kristen Stewart this way. Which maybe mm-hmm. it's just me. I don't, right, you know, right. I don't know. No, um, that makes sense. But I sense. do think yeah. a lot of people have that view of her. Yeah, and this, my heart just breaks a lot for Abby. You know, mm-hmm. it's hard for me to watch a lot of the scenes with her because she's just trying so damn hard to win these people over. Mm-hmm. And she thinks if she like says and does the right thing, then they'll like her. And then when Harper finally does tell them, you know, she'll be in. And in the process, she just is like making herself so small. And I really... I don't know. I have. I, I just have a lot mm. of empathy for Abby in this, which I, I think will come out too as we talk more about scenes later. Yeah. No, I agree with all of that. I, I felt for her too. Although I was kind of like at moments like, "Why are you putting up with this? This doesn't make sense." But I know. Yeah. Yeah. And then some of the other. I do want to just talk a little bit about the other characters Sloan oh I do love Allison Bray this is how it all started yeah um, she's so over the top like her and Jane as as sisters they're I they're really extreme to me I mean this yeah <laughs> bitchy sister is taken to like such a new level but I love it I don't know why <laughs> I love she, how their competitiveness. I think it's awesome. It's amazing that Allison Brie is like the sweetest, easiest yes. to believe. She's like the sweetest girl next door. And she plays a bitch so well. Right. So well. Oh, my gosh. And I read an article that she really is one of her. I think it was Mackenzie who said she is so genuinely nice in real life like that she she like I believe apologizes it. after scenes oh. because she feels like she was mean to her. And oh. she's like, no, 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 I know we're acting like it's cool. You don't have to. But she's like, it's it's so antith- antithetical to her actual nature. So oh my gosh. you're right. What what you had, had perceived about her is apparently true. But listen, she has a secret. That is now one of our complicated woman criteria mm. well I want to talk about that I don't know where we're going to talk about that but I, I I have a qualification I don't think secrets that is not okay yeah I, I don't think it's the same I think there's yeah. two different things I think there's secrets and I think there's denying part of your identity and Ooh. and 
I'm not sure that denying part, I don't know, they both could, I guess, make you complicated, but I don't know. It's one of my issues I have, but that'll come out, I guess, probably maybe in damage. Right. Okay. But that damage won't be about Sloan. You're saying this. Yeah. No, no, no. But that's okay. It's not about Sloan. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, I I mean, Sloan, I just, you know, so she was a lawyer, this high achiever, but as her family likes to remind her, she basically gave it all up to raise the kids and make gift baskets. So in her family, I mean, she no longer has any value except she's the one that gave them grandkids. And it's just, it, she's so second fiddle to Harper now. And yet somehow, even though they've done this to her, which is basically relegated her to a second class citizen because she's no longer a lawyer, like she still feels the need to keep up the appearances mm. and to, to hide the fact that her marriage is is broken. Do you get any sense of that during the movie? I mean, I know obviously when they find her husband in the closet with the other girl, we obviously know. But did you get a sense of that? I got a sense only of what this fact that she's she's now fallen been from grace because she's not a lawyer. Yes, 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 that part. Yes, but that she had any secrets or that no anyone knew. Yeah, no, yeah, 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 yeah. no, not at all. I was right. completely shocked when mm. when that came up. Yeah, no, I just thought that. Right. Just okay. Me too. Aspect. I just wanted to make yeah. sure. Yeah. 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 I just love to when they, whenever she talks about her gift basket making, like in conversation, oh like the vessel. Abby, Abby's like, so you guys make gift baskets? She's like, no, we curate handmade gift experiences inside of a reclaimed wood vessel. And she's like, oh, cool. And she's like, Gwenny seems to think so. Goop picked us up. <laughs> I, was like I love that. Yes. I was laughing. So good. So, and then we have Jane. Jane is just so kooky and crazy. Mary Holland, like I said, co-wrote this mm. with Clea. Such an oddball in the family. This eagerness to fix things is just so weird. Everything, it, it's just so strange to me. But she reminded me of like the, uh, I can never say, it's, it's Isla Fisher, Isla Fisher in, in Isla, The Wedding Crashers. Yeah, Isla, yeah, yeah. just not as much of a psycho, but that over the top, like kooky, but kind of endearing character and then she's got this elaborate fantasy world that she's creating mm-hmm. and I is she's just trying to find her family too though mm-hmm. right like her community which she eventually does with the fantasy book nerd people that she'll <laughs> but I don't know I was really rooting for her I mean she's she's so grossly overlooked in a family that overlooks so much of about their right. children this right. one is but she's still so pure of heart like she doesn't she's not bitter about it she's still the one that's like so cheerful and willing to help and mm-hmm. i love that she said when she says like i don't have any secrets but i'm an ally and yes. i'm like oh. and i love in the end you know that she gets i think her arc is really is really nice and mm-hmm. you're you're just really rooting for her yeah. at least i was yeah yeah sure and then Riley, this is the last woman. I thought Aubrey Plaza was was really great in this. I mean, having the ex show up as a foil in a rom-com is pretty standard. And we mm-hmm. have that here with the Connor mm-hmm. role. But we also have Riley. And I just great. thought it was really interesting to have Harper's ex in the story as a support system for Abby. Mm-hmm. That you don't normally see the ex come in in that way. Right. And it's true. you know she's yeah. she you know like that yeah, it's more the Connor role you yeah, know that yeah. 
oh, she wonders, she gets jealous because the ex is back in the picture. And there is some of that too with mm-hmm. Connor, clearly. But the more interesting thing to me is that you've got Harper's ex as, like I said, this this ally for Abby because she is the only one that really understands what Abby's going through because she dealt with it, you know, years before with Harper. And, you know, it's Riley who, you know, notices how uncomfortable Abby is, like at the fancy Christmas party at the end and asks if she's okay. And, like, it's Riley who helps her go by the white elephant present and realizes she needs a drink and takes her to that awesome bar and they have that great scene with the drag mm-hmm, performers mm-hmm. and and Abby finally is like relaxed and at ease because I think she's just it's such a relief for her to after all the performing you know she has to do back at Harper's house and, and with her family to just be with Riley who understands you know I mean I'll talk about it later but I, I mean she I know we like to talk about whether who's really sees someone and I don't know if it's that I felt like Riley saw Abby with the capital S or Mm -hmm. if it was just she had been in her shoes literally and could and that was sort of a mirror back then for Abby of what you know what she was going through I mean she does tell I think she's got this great line where she tells Abby I can relate to being in love with somebody that's too afraid to show the world who they are Mm mm-hmm and I, even that, though, I thought was really relatable. I mean, for Harper, it's that she's too afraid to show the world or her family, really, that she's gay. But people deny their true selves all the time. And it's sure. very hard to be in love with someone who's too afraid to do the hard thing or whatever mm-hmm. that may be for them. Right. And I will definitely talk about that. I know yeah. I will, will want with the scenes. But yeah. I, I know I really liked the Riley character. And again, I thought it was an interesting way to, to utilize an ex yes. that I hadn't seen before. Yeah, oh, this is so interesting. I I think it's so funny. I think we, you and I usually are on the same page a lot with maybe the darker stuff. But with the, the comedy and the romance we often see different things and it's so interesting to get your to see and understand your point of view and what you're seeing when you watch it because it's just not what I see and this is why I've said we need to write a (laughs) rom-com together because the two perspectives I feel like we cover all the bases with two characters I that's that was really interesting no it's true we actually this is where we tend to have the very different views on things. On, but it's on, not on so different. Like, I don't disagree. Like, I, yeah. everything you're saying, that made sense. I just didn't see any of yeah. it when yeah, I was yeah. watching it. <laughs> no, you're right. So, it's true. It's true. Yeah, yeah but that's cool. Yeah. All right, we got to get back. We're going to get back on that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Well, and I, I, that's why I love, part of the reason, I love rom-coms, but I love having us analyze them on the show because it is good to see, you know, what elements we like, what worked for us, what I saw, what you saw, and then right. we're going to bake it all into uh Yes, into to something. our own. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Our, yes. So, uh, well, should we talk about scenes? Yeah, definitely. I don't, I, you can't have anything before my first one, which is. Okay. The, the opening o- credits? The, well, pretty much the opening Those little scene. scenes. Those, yeah, I knew but, you were going to want yeah well no the the opening scene like when they're on the little like tour of 
Christmas the, in their oh, neighborhood, okay. uh-huh. and they're on the. Oh, did, so do you have something before it? No, <laughs> or, but there was a lot of people talking about those little cartoon, like artwork pictures that roll in the beginning credits. Okay, kind of, okay. which I didn't really pay attention to. No. So that apparently are like sort of like telling their little story of their relationship. And I'm like, oh shit, maybe I should have paid more attention because mm-hmm. one of my issues is I kind of wanted to have more of their before, of their right. relationship than right. I got. But anyway, right. but some of it is what you're, you, you do, we do see a little bit in the beginning, which, which I think you're going to talk about. Yeah, just th- them on the, the tour and mm-hmm. we're establishing, we're just establishing that Kristen Stewart, Abby has a complicated relationship with Christmas. She doesn't love it probably wouldn't have loved it anyway and then it doesn't love it now that she doesn't have her parents so but I am a huge Christmas person and my husband was not know this yes I am a huge Christmas person oh my gosh more so I think I was more so which is odd to say before I had kids because (laughs) it was just total (laughs) indulgent like love romantic over the topness now with kids it's all focused on them so but mm-hmm. but before that as a as a couple oh my gosh crazy crazy Christmas person and my husband was not when I met him as maybe might be common for a child of divorce whose parents lived 3,000 miles apart he didn't hate it he just wasn't you know just like yeah. I, Abby doesn't hate it at all it's just it's just not a thing yeah. for her yeah. Like, yeah but I've completely converted him he uh, has oh, nice. yes always been since since I converted him he's been the best at Christmas so and he still probably is because I probably put more into the kids now and he's still good about us but so I love so there's a romance scene. to that holiday for you a hundred percent okay oh my gosh always has been always yeah I love it oh, I love that yeah okay. so that's why this scene that scene really spoke to me Right, right. Oh, I love that. And I, I was like, and I was that. really rooting for, again, uh, that's how I was kind of relating to Harper. And I was really rooting for her to be like, win her over, win her over, you know, yes. like convert her to a Christmas person too. So, well, that's what she wanted too. Yes. I mean, Abby yes. wanted her to, she thought yes. this would change her views on Christmas, right? Yes. And yep. fortunately, I'm not. <laughs> Yes, it went it went in a different direction. Yeah, became very little about Christmas after that. But right. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. Well, I really most of what I want to talk about was basically in the last 30 minutes of the movie. Although there is one scene. I love the ice skating scene. I just think Jane and timing Harper and Mm -hmm. Sloan and Mm -hmm. the psychotic like competitive race between them on the ice skating. I don't know why I think that's so funny, but also just like. I wouldn't really do that, but yeah. I'm super competitive yeah, yeah, yeah. and I could actually see, you know, see yeah. myself like challenging if I had that kind of relationship with a sister right. or a friend, right. like I'd right. be like, let's do it. Get the timer yes. out. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. so, yeah. and I love how just like Jane's just like, yeah, they always do this. And Abby's like, oh, should we like, are they okay? You know, mm-hmm. and Sloan's <laughs> husband's like, yeah, just like, let them do it. Just yeah. Like, like they do this all the time and when um, jane's like oops i forgot to start the timer and he's like don't tell them that <laughs> exactly just stop you know yeah. and i felt like for a holiday movie a christmas movie you know you need a good ice skating scene sure so, but i like sure. that this one's like demented in a way <laughs> yeah yeah i had another one before we get to the end of my only la- yeah. my last one was a little bit before that again in the in the beginning when abby goes to pick up the ring 
And the best friend, John, who is so hysterical. <laughs> so, is yeah, so funny. And he's like, what? You and Harper have the perfect relationship. Why would you want to ruin that by engaging in the most archaic institution in the human race? <laughs> and Abby's like, I just want to marry her. He's like, you say that, but what you're actually doing is trapping her in a box yeah. of heteronormativity and trying to make your property. She's, she's not a rice cooker. And she says, it's not about owning her. It's about building a life together. She's my person. And I want everyone to know that. And he's like, fine, I suppose that's one way of looking at it. But I just, I just thought that was really sweet because for all of my, again, that's something I can relate to for all of my, you know, untamedness or feralness or whatever I say, I do believe in certain archaic institutions and it is funny and interesting and actually wise to think about where all these things these traditions come from but also to you don't have to throw the baby out with the bathwater just because you know it comes from dowries and property owning and you know it doesn't have to be that now and she's abby is presenting a really strong other side as funny as daniel levy is it's it's she's presenting a strong counter argument and I loved that scene I really did yeah no I love that too that's good yeah and she is she's so hopeful she is really, yeah yeah I, I love that about Abby mm-hmm. oh, she's just gonna get it stamped out of her though, yeah. for a yeah. while then we have to watch it for yeah. a while here yeah so the end to me like I was saying the last 30 minutes I know we talked about this just seems to me to be a series of big speeches you know we like to talk about the big speech in a rom-com, which is typically what I view as the last one here, which is when Harper makes the big speech to try to win Abby back. But here, you've got several speeches, I feel like, um, leading to that last one. So I definitely want to talk about the one with John and Abby, mm-hmm. but I don't know if you want no, to I have no- anything I, before that. No, I have nothing here, but so okay. go for so, it. Yeah, because this point, of course, her and Harper have sort of had a fight about it. She's having a horrible time at this Christmas party and they go downstairs and they sort of like Abby's going to leave. She's like, I'm out of here. And Mm -hmm. and then they kind of have this fight downstairs and she says, you know, enjoy Connor or whatever. And then Harper's like, well, what about Riley? And. Abby says, this is happening because of you. It's a choice you made. You're choosing to hide me. And then she says, I'm hiding me. Mm-hmm. And they just, I have this nice moment where she's crying, like explaining that like, you don't understand. Like my family was fucked up. Like we were expected to be these golden children. We competed for love. I know it's messed up, but they're my parents and she's like I'm scared I'll lose them but I don't want to lose you and then she just keeps crying saying I don't want to lose you I don't want to lose you and Abby's like you won't and you're like oh it's like maybe it's gonna be okay but you also feel that I don't know in that moment I felt like Harper felt like she was in a really impossible situation and she just didn't see the way out and that's when Sloan then sees the hug and then sets off that crazy turn of events where then Sloane's husband's in the closet hooking up with someone mm-hmm. then Sloane and Harper are like having a fist fight and it, <laughs> it, this whole brawl starts but 
I I don't know about you, but then I thought like when Sloan said out loud to everyone, like Harper's a lesbian and Abby's her girlfriend, that Abby was going, I'm sorry, that Harper was going to finally admit it now, right? Mm. I mean, in that moment, I thought that's what she was going to do, but instead she denies it. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was pretty shitty. I would, I would react that way. I understood that. I understand that doesn't look so great, but I've, I've been in that, in those shoes and it doesn't feel good to have something that you were protecting for right or wrong be, you know, be declared by somebody else and put on you. I would have done the exact same thing. Like meaning Sloan saying it yeah. you're not surprised that harper then still denies it absolutely basically she didn't get to say it on her terms absolutely yet. that was being thrust upon her yeah by sloan but if you're abby and you just watched her deny it in front of you you see why then she is like i'm out and and yeah ha- right? i mean i i guess i don't know i would have been out so many times before oh, I don't sooner. think that would be that wasn't your big moment no for sure no but I they mean, had just had this nice moment that's yeah. why I was saying like downstairs. yeah I know that's why I feel like I would have had more finally I was like okay now I see the dark damaged person and I can yeah ha- I have much exactly. more empathy I would have been out so many other times like when she didn't defend her when she got caught stealing like oh that, I know that I mean, those other things, I would have been gone. No, I'm sorry. I don't understand it. And I hadn't heard that speech yet. I just would have been gone. You're just a dick. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. But after that speech, after that, my family expects me to be perfect, I wouldn't have freaked out at that. And now, look, I'm clearly the Harper person, so I don't, I can't tell you for sure. And, And I certainly, if I was the Harper person and Abby left I don't think I would blame them but I would know I I had to work to get it back but I don't know that wasn't the part for me I just didn't I don't know some things just didn't add up I'm very Abby I feel like yeah and and also maybe it's just you're right yeah maybe she thought I should have left sooner all these things and now this is just like the piling on like now she's just just all coming to a head you know what I mean yeah but anyway so then she goes outside and this this is probably my favorite scene of all it's just her conversation with john uh, again our we love daniel levy and mm-hmm. in you know so she's he she's kind of explaining to him you know which maybe we'll talk about in damage about her parents and christmas and how she really thought this year would feel different and then she just says i don't think she loves me as much as i thought she did and he says harper coming out to her parents has nothing to do with you and she's like, well, how could it not? And he says, you know, well, what did your parents say when you came out? And she said they were loving and supporting. And he's like, well, that's amazing. But, you know, basically my dad, when I told him, kicked me out and we didn't speak for 13 years. And he says, everyone's story is different. There's your version and my version. But one thing they all have in common is that moment right before you say those words and you don't know what's coming next. That moment is really terrifying. And once you say those words, you can't unsay them. A chapter has ended and a new one has begun. And you have to be ready for that. You can't do it for anyone else. And he says, this is my favorite line, just because Harper isn't ready doesn't mean she never will be or that she doesn't love you. And Abby says, I want to be with someone who is ready. Mm -hmm. And when John says, just because she isn't ready doesn't mean she doesn't love you. 
I think that's really hard for Abby to understand. It doesn't feel like that to Abby. Mm-hmm. I, to Abby, it feels like she must not love me enough because if she did, she would do the terrifying thing. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, I personally think that Abby is saying, you know, I want to be with someone who sees that I'm worth her coming out for. But he's right that it doesn't mean Harper doesn't love her. But yeah. for Abby, it's like, well, she must not love me enough because she's not willing to do the hard, uncomfortable thing it would actually take to be with me. And I thought that is so universal. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, listen, for Harper, the hard, uncomfortable thing is coming out. And I can't relate to that. But it could be something different for different people. I mean, it could be I love you, but I don't want to leave my family or kids for you. I love mm-hmm. you, but I don't want to move across the country for you. Mm-hmm. Or, mm-hmm. you know, Abby just wants to be with someone who's ready, she says, and ready to be who she really is and ready to do the uncomfortable thing because the other option is losing Abby. Mm-hmm. And I, I listen, I've been where Abby is. Like, obviously the facts and circumstances are different, but the things she's feeling, I I really do relate to. And it makes you feel really badly about yourself. Mm-hmm. Even though, as Harper pointed out, it's it's about Harper. She says, I'm hiding me. Right, yeah. But to Abby, she, in that moment, needs to hear someone else, like John, who who she trusts, tell her that it's, it's just because she isn't ready, it doesn't mean she never will be. And it mm-hmm. doesn't mean she doesn't love you. And she, she has to hear those words from someone else yeah. in that moment. And it's, I just, I love that scene. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that rings very true. You know, you and I have had these conversations apart from this particular mm-hmm. movie. It's a, it's a constant theme in a lot of movies and stories. And I just, I just don't relate, but I thought it was beautiful. Meaning I don't relate because I, I am the one who would be the one the harper again the one who's like it's not i'm not denying you i'm just denying me and that has nothing to do with you and i've never i've also never taken anyone else's shit like that on myself so it's just a different perspective but i thought it was beautifully done it was they have so many funny moments those two abby and john yeah and it was and it made this one so much more powerful to see them kind of like really serious and comforting I thought right. it was I thought it was great. I love that too that in this moment he's just being I mean he's always supportive but sometimes you know he's busting her chops yeah. or making light of it and this was he 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 act was fantastic in that scene I thought. But yeah, so I loved that one. When my favorite line the whole freaking thing is when she goes, "Did you just call she's they're at the the dinner and she's like, "Did you just call me to shame me?" And he says, I'm not shaming you. I just think the choice you're making is dumb and you should feel bad about it and yourself. Yes, I love that. Yes. I love that. It's so this so was good. so opposite This was markedly different yes. than that. Yes. yes. So that's fantastic. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but then she does come, come out. Then she does tell them, her family, that she's in love with Abby. Harper. And- Harper. Yes. Yes, mm-hmm. Harper does and so it's almost another speech right I mean mm-hmm. if I'm talking speeches here and but it's too late right yeah. because now even though she does say all the things that Abby has wanted her to say and you see it on her face she's like but I did it like like yeah I, like, like I did it so this should be it right and she's just like I'm sorry it's just too late mm-hmm 
So. Which I then, loved and I yes. thought was right. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think so too. But so then we have to get to the big speech, what we call the big speech, <laughs> which is our big rom-com speech, mm-hmm. which, you know, we talked about this before Like. I re-listened to our episode on Boomerang because... Wait, so the the big speech yeah. now, what you're calling the big rom-com speech, is them in the gas station parking lot. Gas station. Lot. Yes. 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 Yeah. Okay. Correct. When she uh, It's so funny. Now... This whole entire time, I was thinking the oh. big speech was the one that you said first in the in the basement, in the room. Oh, But you've really? already gone through the... Yeah. I was like, okay. Yeah. So this is the big speech. Okay. I got to readjust a little, but that's cool. That's... All right. Oh, let's I'm go. sorry. No, yeah, no, no, Because no. this is like what I view as like the try to win her back big speech. Like, because right. now she's gone. Right? Like, right. even though... Yes, you're right. The, you're right. Yeah. Yes. Even though the quote, the obstacle, which there's always an obstacle keeping yeah. our people apart in these rom-coms, has yes. been removed. Right? Like, she did do what Abby wanted. She came out and she's prepared to live her truth and abby's saying like it's too late right and so now it's like the speech to try and get her back okay so that's how i view it but that no it makes complete sense so many speeches in this but so yes we always we always look at these and i just listened to boomerang only because i felt like on the boomerang one we had kind of uh summarized all our prior ones are when Harry met Sally always be my maybe mm-hmm. um sleeping with her was there one in sleeping with other people that we talked about like anyway we we I went we went through them all and then had a great fight and I put fight in yes. quotes because <laughs> really it was just like hilarious debate <laughs> about the speech in yeah. Boomerang uh-huh. but in order to work our way through our disagreement about whether Marcus's speech in that was was great or not, we really solidified our criteria, I mm-hmm. would say, that we'd been mm-hmm. talking about in all of these, yes. but hadn't really, you know, laid out. Yeah. laid out. Yeah. So these are the criteria, because then we can talk about this particular speech in that context. So yes. the person has to take responsibility. They have to say, like, somehow say, sorry, I fucked up. I wasn't ready or whatever. That was very important to you, I know, in that particular one in Boomerang. Yeah, well, he, yes. uh, Yeah. Yeah. You got to take responsibility. The person has to explain how they've changed or grown or why they sort of get it now. Because the point here is to show the other person, look, I kind of what I was saying earlier, like, I love you so much that I was willing to do the things I was afraid or unwilling to do before. Mm Mm-hmm. The person has to explain how they truly love the other person and why. I mean, that was sort of what Harry did when Harry met mm-hmm, Sally. Mm-hmm. Bonus points, we decided. Yes. <laughs> in Boomerang, if it was, I wouldn't say this, I don't think we thought this was a requirement, but we really liked that there was a lot of back and forth yeah. in that one. It yes. wasn't just one giant declaration, though I think typically it's more one giant declaration. It is. What, I agree. What we liked, though, was this back and forth like push pull yeah. boomerang but mm-hmm. I don't think we see that that often yeah that one reigns as my favorite of, of all time so that is you're right big bonus points I don't think I we expect that from most right I think you also liked in the boomerang one that somehow through the speech we were able to see that he really saw her and we all we know we love yeah. that theme but yeah. I don't know that it always comes out in the speech yeah, no, but you're right. Maybe that's bonus points too. If yeah. it shows that the other person really sees yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those were the criteria, and and this this speech, I can read it. I mean, it's pretty short. 
she pulls up and the, and and she tells her you're my family you're the love of my life i was terrible and i wish that i could make it up to you i promise i will spend the rest of my life making it up to you and i won't hurt you like this again please give me another chance i want to build a life with you please and she says, Abby says, well, what about your parents? And she says, no, I don't care what they think. I only care about you. If I have you, that's all I need. Be with me. So that's our speech. Mm-hmm. And okay. yeah, and and this ranks high, low, mid. Oh, no, I knew you were going to ask me that. Okay. No, I know. Uh, instead, I'm. I'm a little torn. Okay. okay. I it meets all the technical criteria. It really does. Like it's a little short, but we do have the take responsibility, right? She's like, I was terrible. I know, but I take responsibility I was only important in Boomerang because he had sex with someone else. No, but she was a jerk during this. I, I she said, was a real I don't, jerk to I her. Mean, I thought she was a jerk the way Harry was a jerk, which is marginal. I really, she should have done I something see. terrible and to have to apologize for, or the apology didn't I mean see. that much to me. It didn't. It's funny because I said in the boomerang one, I was like, yeah, but of course he had yes, to he had because what he did was really bad. Yes. And not, nobody else, like what Harry did wasn't really that I bad. I agree. Yeah, yes. I see. Yeah. Okay. No, I agree with yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So, but she still does yeah it's fine responsibility yes. you know she's like i was terrible i wish that i could make it up to you you know i i promise i'll spend the rest of my life trying to make it up to you like meaning i she's taking responsibility like i i know that i'm sure. terrible and i will make up for that has she explained or do we have a sense that she's changed or grown i mean yeah when she says what about your parents i don't care what they think i only yeah. care about you i mean that's been her issue all along like she cared so much what they thought that she was paralyzed by it and couldn't couldn't do what she needed to do. And the thing that she needed to do was to tell them and to care more about Abby and less about what they thought. Well, so, I wish I had talked to you before I thought about this. I mean, that makes more sense. Okay. I just didn't. I just, I wish, okay, but I still wish I had understood what it means to internalize that. Like, what, because I just felt like she was blaming it on her parents. Like, so the the reason she didn't tell her parents because her parents, and then she did tell her parents, and then it's like, well, now I don't care about my parents. I didn't understand it at all. And this is like, to I, me, yeah. to the point of Marcus. Marcus was conflicted. There was part of Marcus that believed that love is a game and he wanted to win. I don't know. Maybe that came from his parents. Maybe that came from perfectionism. I don't know where it came from. Just like I understand where where Harper's comes from, but I don't know what it means to be Harper with that feeling. So Marcus had the conflict in himself. There was part of him that believed Jacqueline was like his, you know, sparring partner and that there would always be a game and there was you know who was going to win and that love was supposed to be that way and then there was part of Marcus that believed that love is connection and someone who accepts you but also challenges you to be better push you out of your comfort zones to think differently to grow and that's Angela and those two parts of Marcus were at war and 
ultimately, he decides that love is really what he has with Angela and not Mm -hmm. with Jacqueline. I don't know what Harper realizes that she told her parents and now it's over. I don't, I don't, I just don't know. I don't, I just don't know. I don't think it was, it was in there. I thought it was just kind of the scene that we talked about earlier where when I did finally see her, I thought her saw, that I saw her conflict in that scene where she's saying, my parents if expect I t- this. But like, I mean, I wish, couldn't we have seen her Instagram account in the very beginning, right? Like maybe she is always projecting a perfect image too. I just don't, I didn't see how it internalized for her. Maybe she, right. you know, or or moments where she was like, you know, I really sometimes still think I should marry a man just to have a baby or something. You know, not that you can't have a baby with in a same-sex couple, but just something where I see that she's internalized it. Like, how does it feel? I, I mean, I think... I think Harper feels like she just has a choice and it's either she thought her choice was I either ch- choose that you and then I lose them. Mm-hmm. or I choose them and I lose you like that little part there I yeah. thought was where she felt like she was in an impossible situation and yeah. now she realizes like I choose you like mm. what that she's resolved that internal conflict yeah I no. I'm, I think you're right I'm I, know, like I the, think that's I, what it is I just don't I I don't know I just because is it because you think was she ever really going to lose her parents or is it not seem? Oh, sure. Lots of people do. I mean, right. he, John yeah. said the, the whole, yeah, you know. Yeah, no, he did for 13 yeah, years. Yeah. No, lots mm-hmm. of people do. So I didn't question that. I just didn't understand what it was like, how Harper had internalized that message that she always has to compete for love and she has to be the best at her, maybe at her job. I don't know. I I didn't really, I didn't, I just didn't understand. I didn't. Yeah, but even though it was like so obvious that that's what the, that that's the way that household is, that it's transactional based, like meaning you're only loved as much as what it is you've done for them. I I actually thought that was really like, that that's really fucked up. And that that has made her believe that if she veers off that, then then what is she worth like nothing then like that was how her it was all what her self-worth was tied up in and so it, by choosing abby then she's that's that yeah. give i mean did lose her family but it's more than just her family it's just that's how she had derived love for her whole life that's how she yeah. was taught yeah so i felt like that that's a struggle like that is a real conflict on the inside that was hard that's the big horrible thing that she had to decide the difficult thing that I was saying saying earlier that she had to decide was she willing to tolerate the possible consequences of that and follow what her heart was telling her and that was not easy and I don't know I did I did I mean I happen to maybe in this sense do relate more to Harper, even though yeah. I've said for most of this time it was yeah. Abby. Like I, I do because for me, I do think there's a lot. I'm not saying my family was not. This is an extreme example. I hope most people's parents are not quite so obvious as to how they're doling out love that way. Mm-hmm. But, but I do think that I have in my life definitely 
derived self-worth by, you know, the things I've done or what people, the accolades, the, the, the things like that. And, and yeah, it's fucking weird. But yeah, it's true. I know. And I, I mean, I know, I think that's pretty common. I, I don't think that's necessarily unique. I think a lot of people struggle with that. But then I just feel like you see it in every aspect of their life. I just had this idea that Harper was like one way at home or with Abby or like where in their quote unquote regular life. And then she was just a completely different person there. But I I don't know. I just think I, I, I just didn't see, I don't know. I just, I just didn't see the conflict, but maybe that was because it's much easier for most people to relate that you, they didn't need to belabor that point. Right. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the thing for me in this one was that I needed in this speech to to feel that Harper's love for Abby is what inspires Harper to really assess who she is and, and why she's that way and finally, you know, what she needs to do to truly be herself. And I needed to see the change piece, you know, of the mm-hmm. criteria. Again, I think it's because of what I said about that scene with Abby and John earlier that I felt so strongly that I... I yeah, felt like I was in Abby's shoes and that but then she was that thinking you betray what she said. What if, do you mean? It doesn't that betray what she said then about it's not about you, it's about me. I'm hiding I'm not hiding you, I'm hiding me. Right, so she needed to unhide herself. But to she, and, and then how does that relate then to Abby in so that parking Abby, lot scene? Right, right. So then Abby now now realizes that it wasn't a I mean I do think Abby then does realize that this was something she need she needed to do this yeah. and now she has and so that shows to her that her love for her Abby's love for her pushed her to finally look at herself and do the thing that she needed to do to be mm-hmm. her true self I feel like that for Abby is like look she does really love me she was willing to do this but then so she didn't love her when she was hiding her. I, I mean, know. I don't know how He's the opposite on Abby's part. But See, that's the thing. Though, but if it, it but if the end reaffirms it, then doesn't it mean that that was actually true? I don't know. I, don't know I, I mean, either. I, do, I don't I, know either. I, I really don't. I just I yeah. was I felt a little lacking. I wasn't sure. I all of right. these things I believe I just didn't see it. I'm not sure. I don't yeah, know. I know. And so I don't know. I, I did. So I have never answered your original question of how I ranked the speech because <laughs> <laughs> I was too busy yeah. talking about the criteria. Yeah. I mean, I, I put it in the middle. I, I'm not it's not I'm not putting my favorite. I said I do think one of the things that's really is lacking for me in it is the element of the explain how much they truly love the other person and why yeah and you know she does say you're you're my family you're the love of my life I want to build a life with you those are all those so generic yes that's my problem and in each of these rom-com speeches you you depending on the circumstances and the relationship and what the issues were there I think there are different criteria you want to see or more important, like you said with Marcus, you really needed in that one to see him say I fucked up or whatever. Mm-hmm. But with this one, I feel like because 
we don't see a lot of their relationship before they're in the crisis of the going home to her parents that I didn't have a framework already for the this is the way I love you. Some of them you you already it's built in by the time you get to it you don't doubt that part because you've mm-hmm. already seen a lot of it. I felt like the way this was set up we didn't get a lot of their life before yeah. and that I think would have helped me in that sense you know. Yeah yeah. But if she, even too. if there was a lot more of it in the speech, like, I don't know, would it be too late? Yeah. It, it might be because you might be like, well, I didn't see any of that, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. but I still think it would have been good. I mean, a little more of the Harry, like, let me tell you all the things, you, yeah. all these kooky traits of yours that are actually really endearing and I love. I mean, that wouldn't work here, but you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I yeah, do. Some, some more of that. Yeah. So I don't know. Do you have any more before damage? No. Nope. What's your damage, Heather's plural? Yeah, I don't plural. I don't like um, that. I think but <laughs> it's yeah. the that's what? The, just because it's two women, they're still playing different. Well, there roles. are two leads. I, I know, but we're going to talk about each of them. I but guess. we had get no. Okay, no, it's fine. I I was gonna. I had chosen Harper as my Heather, but it's yeah. Talk about both. Well, I yeah. think we've talked about. This always happens, I feel like, with damage. Like we by the time we get to it, we have certainly covered it. I mean, Abby, I I I think I we only have hints at her damage and, and they are, I think, tied up with the loss of her parents. And, you know, we have already really talked about this, that, that her parents, you know, apparently loved Christmas and it was a huge deal in their family and they died and she then no longer wanted to acknowledge it because it was just a huge reminder of them not being there. And that going into this Christmas with Harper's family, she really thought maybe I think that some of that damage could be healed. And I don't think it was, but I don't know. I guess by the end, maybe it was. But that that to me was the only damage that we really get any information about. And, and not a lot. Mm-mm. No. You know? But I think it's because of that that you understand the how much expectation she sort of put on this whole trip yes um because i think she thought it could like save christmas in her mind honestly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so it was a lot on 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 this riding on this for um, abby yeah so. yes yeah and so harper harper yeah i want to talk about her damage yeah go for oh, it oh 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 okay because <laughs> she's the one you you said yeah. harper's the one yeah, you're, yeah, you're yeah, heather yeah 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 yeah, yeah. So this goes back to what you were saying earlier for me, the idea of a secret making someone complicated. And even there, I mean, it's actually discussed in, or there's a great line where Abby says, it's kind of fun having a secret when she first is kind of like rolling with this. (laughs) And John says, oh yeah, there's nothing more fun than concealing your authentic self. (laughs) And I just started to think about it and I, I do need to think about it more, but because I need more context and more and more examples, not because I haven't thought about it. Plenty I have, but just in this, I can't separate it from this movie. There is a big difference between secrets, like something that you're hiding that is essentially, hopefully, I guess, a short period of time, like a temporary thing. And then well, like 20, it came up, right? In yeah. 28 summers. That's when that was a person having a right. affair. But, right. and to me, that wasn't mm-hmm. concealing her authentic Correct. self, which yeah. is what's going on here. So I don't know. 
that kind of secret. But I'm not sure. Maybe sounds like damage. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. 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 It's deeper. And in my so maybe I don't know. Maybe I do go with the fact that secret of any kind is is something that makes someone complicated. I'll have to think about it. But in my experience, secrets the way Harper has them. They make a person really sick. I mean, mm. and this is, again, yeah. I have never been in the closet or wrestled with my sexuality, but I have had those kind of secrets, the the denying part of your authentic self. And they destroy a person. And it keeps you so conflicted on such a deep level that I, no, there's no way that Yes, saying, speaking my truth, revealing the part of my authentic self that I was denying is a huge breakthrough. But man, if it's not the, it gets way worse before it gets better <laughs> in my experience. Yeah. And that was maybe mm-hmm. why I struggled with this whole thing was all of a sudden it was better just because she said it. And I was like, and, and I believed oh. it in this scenario. It didn't seem like there was more to it, but I just don't understand that because like I said, there's a lot more after that needs to happen. Usually, like, I yeah. mean, that's that's my, but it, it didn't seem like it. It really didn't seem like it for Harper. I'm not suggesting it wasn't right. I just, in my experience, that's not. I mean, keeping deep, dark secrets, denying part of yourself has led me down dark paths of self-destruction. And Harper, Such that even if you said them, you would still, you're not suddenly not on your path of self-destruction. Totally not. But mean, also but- Harper didn't even seem to have any damage from keeping that deep, awful, soul-crushing secret. I mean, she doesn't have a drinking problem. She didn't cheat with Connor. I mean, I would have expected you would, I know what it's like to be in a set of circumstances that you're pulled back to a different life. Then she, I, th- I mean, I don't understand how she didn't hook up with Connor just out of this weird, not because she wanted to be with him at all, but just this weird, I'm in a different, like a time warp. And you just do things that f- suit that person in that time and place. That's not her, but it, it's part of the damage of denying part of who you are. So I, but I didn't see that. And she didn't have a drinking problem. She didn't drive drunk. She didn't get in a car accident. Like there was nothing that made me think keeping that secret for so long in such a huge capacity had given her any damage. And that I just couldn't understand to. That was hard to relate to. Uh, okay. But I think this is a matter of perspective because for you, if you had that kind of deep soul crushing yeah. secret, then you'd act out in ways that would demonstrate it. It sounds like you're saying in a much more destructive ways, maybe, but, right? Like, But I have a question. I was like, are you suggesting that there are people who yeah. deny part of their authentic yeah. self and don't... And don't go around... Yeah, wow. I think, I, I, think okay. I would be that way. Okay. I think you know me enough to know that, that I could do that. No, because- I think yours comes out. I mean... I, I can comes out but not in like these ways like maybe small ways oh, no. but I don't know yours sound like I don't know it sounds like you're saying like it has to be something really extreme and I, I think I don't know if I guess you're ex- saying though with hers you don't see it at all like in yeah I don't see it at all I definitely see it with you yours are extreme too yes that's I, true. I, that's true but I, I feel like prior to that 
I was still... They're easy to hide. I mean, yeah, you never... I, that's I, I, I mean, you could say. ask anyone at my law firms if they knew what I was doing when I wasn't at the law firm. I mean, I was a star fucking student. So yeah. no one would see that from me. No one knew. Yeah, but I guess the question is, once you know you're denying a part of yourself or, yeah. or really know it, yeah. then I do think it's hard to... You're right to to not then act out in whatever way that is for you, but but I I think it's possible for people to not really realize that's what they're doing. Oh, absolutely! But I just didn't and see so, it for Harper. Yeah, I didn't see anything. Yeah. No, I completely yeah. could see that she would just go home and, like I said, hook up with Connor, which would make no sense other than understanding that this is she's in her parents' perfect world. Her parents have brought him to dinner, and she would just do something stupid like that and yeah I I don't know or any or just drink too much at home maybe she never drinks too much and then she was passed out and you know slept at the bar who knows but just there was nothing I have no concept of her damage that that kind of a denying part of yourself would otherwise reveal yeah I it's true although then I'm thinking look what she's doing to Abby though I mean isn't that's damage caused by her denying her true self yeah but that's to Abby I'm talking about to yourself it's denying her denying one's true self has repercussions for one's for you it also absolutely spills out into lots of people in your life right but so we just don't know enough about we don't see that is what you're saying no yeah and it's also i mean to me it bleeds through the the speech and it bleeds through the the you know cure quote unquote cure like that she's just tells her parents and then it's all better and well i think you're gonna like the crystal ball discussion that really it comes from clea because i think she uh, seems to agree with you and she did write it so okay um, i think you'll i think you'll appreciate this although then you'll go okay but why isn't that shit in the movie i'm sure i will i would have liked to have known that so so should we just go to yeah might as well now i'm dying so right so we usually do try to envision ourselves you know where these people would be in six months or five years whatever but we but every once in a while yeah, we get little tidbits from the the people themselves, and so I thought that was really interesting here because someone like in cocktail was, we saw yeah exactly the, the writer had an idea for what happened next yeah right and we love that sometimes you know sometimes we find it out after and we're like well what Corinne wrote was better but yeah. um, <laughs> like you, what you came up with is better yeah. like Twenty Eight Summers which mm. I thought your crystal balls were so good and then you know we just read that Ellen Hildebrand is oh, doing, right. actually doing a that's sequel right. of Twenty Eight Summers for a short but it's story focused on the yeah. brother yeah. and we're like yeah but no we I'm like I like Corinne's better but. So she said in an interview that she was sort of imagining what happens after the movie ends mm-hmm. or between the end and one year later. She said, I imagine Abby and Harper go home and do a lot of processing. They work through it because it's not like they go home and get engaged the next week. It's say 10 months later. They're doing the work together and making that conscious choice of, okay, yes, we do want to move forward. Yes, this was not great, but we do believe in each other and we believe in our relationship and it's worth working on. And then 
she said another time, like someone asked something about what happens after the gas station scene. And, you know, she said after they debate, like whether we should go home or even go back to Harper's house. And once they made the choice to go back to Harper's, she said, then they get in the bedroom, talk about it. What does this mean? Settling the, setting the ground rules. You know, we need to talk about this. We need to work on it. There's a lot of processing. Again, she said that. And I think it probably went on for months. And they went to couples therapy together. And Harper realized what she did in a very real way and was not afraid to do the work. At a certain point, we all have to do the work. Mm -hmm. And I just think that sort of speaks to what you're saying, which is I almost take that to mean that she's acknowledging that even though there was a happy ending that that was just like step one, mm-hmm. that there's so much more work and processing, to use her word, mm-hmm. and therapy and things that need to happen because that denying a true part of yourself is some serious fucking damaging stuff, yeah. to your point. And that's this is just the beginning of of a process so I I thought that that was I know yeah sure but I still don't know what that is (laughs) like what are they processing she did lie to (laughs) not only her family but to Abby about what happened with her and Riley I mean she omitted Mm -hmm. a lot so I'm guessing she's learned to lie a lot because that's how you only can show certain things so that means omit a lot and lie about a lot and I would guess that's probably part of her damage and and what they have to process and work on. I would assume it has to bleed onto so many other things. Right. This is like the writer being like, yeah, I mean, yeah, I gave them like a quote unquote happy ending, but they still have a lot of fucking work to do. Um, Which I think you said, maybe it was a normal people about Marianne O'Connell when I was all hopeful, hopeful. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah, they have a lot to yeah. process, Kate. I'm yeah. like, all right, yeah. good point. Good yeah. point. Yeah. I mean, the other thing about Crystal Ball that I wanted to talk about, which again, I, I have intel from Clea on, was this whole debate about whether she should have ended up with Riley in the end. Because I had been thinking, honestly, even before I read this, that, I felt like Riley really saw Abby. But then I, you know, like I said, I didn't know if it was in the in this see, the way we talk about or if it was just that she has literally been in her yeah, shoes in the same exactly. situation. So in my head, I was like, maybe for the crystal ball, like I'll think about that because it did jump out at me. And so I was thinking about one for Riley and her. But then I saw that like, this is a hot topic. Like this isn't just me. <laughs> So there was an interview with Clea and Mary Holland. And the question was, I don't know if either of you know this, but queer and lesbian Twitter and TikTok is really, really bummed that Riley and Abby don't end up together. What is your response to people who are upset about the ending or wish it had ended differently? So this is apparently a lot of people Mm. had asked this. And Clea Duvall said, I think it's great that people have so many debates about it. People are invested no matter how they feel about it. They're invested in the film, which is huge. And I appreciate that. But And she's like, and I get it. Aubrey Plaza is amazing. She's such a babe. I don't blame anyone for wanting to see more of her. I don't know how you feel. I did not picture Abby and Riley together in any way. Did you? See, I sort of did. To me, that... I that just never I I did think she just understood her as the way 
I don't know, somebody can understand someone who's been in the same place. But I think that would be such a bad or it just would never work to bring it back to boomerang it's then that's like the angela and and what was marcus's friend's name the david allen greer character there's just no chemistry between them and the when two when someone is attracted to drawn to you know wants to be with a harper I don't think then the two people that want to be with a Harper want the to be Harper. with each other. Yeah, you know what I mean? A good, that's a good point. I just that's a really did good point. not see that at all and was really surprised right. when you told me that. They're really the same. They're, yeah. Yeah. They're I think that was probably exactly. And mm-hmm. like they should be BFFs totally. Yes. And like help yes. each and other. That's what I came counsel to. the whole thing. But I just yeah. don't even see that it would even have been on either one of their radars. It just doesn't. I guess it's just because at times in it, obviously Harper's being kind of a dick. Yes. And people and, just wanted and Abby. And Riley's to... being so supportive yeah. that you're like, yeah, you just want for Abby. You're like, see, look, like she gets it and she knows what Riley needs in different moments. I'm sorry, what Abby needs in different moments and she's there for her and but I did ultimately come to yeah. the same conclusion as you that that's would be a great friend. It and, was literally like not said, even on my radar. Uh, it just yeah. was like that those two people would never want to be with each other. They are attracted to somebody different. And right. they got It's true. I didn't think of yeah. that. Yeah. I totally. was, even though I thought it obviously more than you did, I was still surprised that this is like a thing. Right. That people, yeah. I, I mean, I didn't even, because I thought about it, but then kind of quickly moved off it but it seems as if there is a uh yeah a widespread sure. level for this yeah. so i was surprised by that yeah well um, they were both two evolved wonderful human beings so in that yes. way you're like you know that cool. would be nice yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. that would be nice exactly yes, like yes. And they seem to like each other but as far as just other, what i know about yeah. the rules of attraction yes, of attraction. it's not gonna happen yes <laughs> No, I did not nope, think of that. Nope. But that's totally true. Not even a oh thing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So who won the movie? Uh, okay, uh, go you go. I mean mine's it's mine's Daniel Levy. I I every scene he's in Which I totally I was gonna second. Say, yeah. Right. Yeah. I was gonna actually say some of his greatest lines, but you've said them all, which is great. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. There there are just so many good one-liners out of him I'm just laughing all the time but then as we talked about he also is so supportive and has a, some really tender moments mm-hmm. and is a great friend oh my gosh such and a he's the, just the, fantastic the most three-dimensional wonderful charismatic character in this whole thing which is sad when you're talking about complicated women <laughs> right exactly it's true but he's yes. fa- fantastic but he can so, win the movie he stole it from yeah. me. Stole it. Yeah. No, I agree. For my who won the movie, though, I went deep cut. Deep, deep, deep cut. Uh-oh. When the whole you were mentioning when Sloane catches Abby and Harper hugging and she knows then they're in a real relationship, which she is suspected long ago. And they start this bizarre physical comedy, you know, kind of <laughs> match. At one point... Sloan says to Abby, who's kind of trying to get involved, and she's like, back off, Sappho. And I just thought that was such a brilliant line. First of all, it's because it's a kind of a deep cut reference. Sappho is a famous Greek poet 
was alive hundreds of years before Christ, and maybe the original glass ceiling breaker. She was known as, well, Plato called her the 10th muse, and her reputation is on par with Homer. And back then, obviously, for a woman to be in such esteem was such a rare thing. But it also just seemed to fit with Sloan. She's a lawyer. She's using words like, you know, reclaimed wood vessel. And it just seemed like something. So it seemed it was so smart, but also in the right character's mouth. And I just loved it. And I didn't even catch that reference. Yes. And and Sappho is from the Greek island of Lesbos, which is where the word lesbian actually originated oh, stop. from. Yes. And she's also um, known for her stunning poems about women, about loving women, about their bodies. Oh, my gosh. Um, I great. mean, she was married and, and well, actually, it's all up for debate because they didn't have great record keeping back then. But it's alleged that she was married and had a ch- child. And But clearly, she has written all these poems about women and loving women and, and, and how it feels torturous. And so... I just thought that was so such a brilliant throwaway line. I just oh my loved gosh. it. I died. That's amazing. Died. I didn't even. Uh, yeah, died. that is that is a deep cut. Yes. So yeah. <laughs> nice. Mm-hmm. So are we getting to what she said? Yeah, I think we went out of order a little bit, but yeah, that's yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah. So Clea Duvall, we've been talking. I've already <laughs> I've already read a bunch of things from her, but uh, yes. I, I, did you, well, first of all, I should say she's a Libra. Uh-huh, yeah. Did you, do yes. we have that many Libras in our list? Yeah, we do, I think. We do? Yeah. Okay. I don't yeah. remember, I didn't remember any off the top of my head. Yeah. She is been around forever. Mm. She's been an actress since you know, she was a teenager. I mean, she's been in tons of movies that I'm sure, or shows that I'm sure you've watched I mean it's one of those people where you see her and you're kind of like I I feel like I know her from somewhere (laughs) I did not realize she was in Can't Hardly Wait I had to actually go look that one up to remember what she played in that I think she's best known for Veep (laughs) but she was in Argo American Horror Story she Broad City yeah Mm -hmm. Broad City exactly but I'm a cheerleader was a cult favorite that she was in that's celebrating its 20th anniversary this year with Natasha Lyonne, who is apparently her best friend, and they have been best friends for oh, over that. 20 years. Oh, I love I know. that. I know. So anyway, I had a bunch of, of quotes from her, So, I, but I'm just going to, I'm going to use two, but they're quick. Don't worry. <laughs> so one was, she said, I grew up watching movies with people who didn't represent my life in any way, and I still connected with them, and I yeah. still cared about them. Creating a movie with LGBTQ characters in it can have the same impact, can reach people whose lives don't look like that. And I will not belabor this because it's in part of my takeaway, but I completely agree. I believe she has succeeded in doing that. I and agree. It's a great point. Of course, we can still connect with movies and TV and books with people in it who aren't just like us, of course. Like that's... And when you do that well that's exactly what she set out to do and I absolutely think she did here yeah and then there's another one that she was talking about Riley and Abby 
And she said, really being able to showcase intimacy between two women that doesn't need to be romantic was something I don't see a lot in film and something I felt was important to put in there. And this is so similar to a quote that I had read for Liz Feldman talking about Jen and Judy when we did Dead to Me. And in that one, I said that it reminded me of our novel. Mm-hmm. And this, and it just felt like another quote from you know in the what she said section about intimacy between women that doesn't need to be romantic and how important it is to showcase that mm-hmm. is just again speaks to our theme yeah and it just was another reminder for me that we need to yeah to explore that theme as yes well. absolutely yeah Well, my quote, I was very drawn to hearing her talk about relationships because I really thought, and it's hard to separate out the two. I understand that, but for me, they seem separate. I thought this was a really, really great, relatable, authentic movie about as a coming out story. And again, I, like I said, I understood the trigger to deny it when someone else you know, says what you've been protecting and someone else takes that out of your your hands, it takes away your agency. I didn't even think she was a dick for that moment. But, but I did think it failed on a few counts for me for the love story. So I kind of was interested in what she would have to say about love and relationships mm-hmm. and, you know, whether it's work or it's also easy and what I found just delighted me because it's something that you know I would have I would say this is her speaking in an interview with Elle magazine and she says speaking as a very very happily married person my partner and I have been together for eight years and we have gone through some shit you face obstacles and you work through them because everybody comes to a relationship with baggage right You meet someone and you're like, hey, here's my suitcase. Here's my suitcase. Let's open them up. And you start to unpack it. And you're like, yeah, I can deal with that. I think as long as you're processing and dealing with things in an open, honest way and making the conscious choice to work through them, then the road to a happy, healthy relationship is bumpy and you work through stuff. But that's what makes you stronger. And I loved that. I was like, oh, she nailed it. Nailed it there. Yeah. I loved the, because I, I had read that too. I loved the, like, here's my suitcase. Okay, show mm-hmm. me yours. Like, mm-hmm. that was perfect imagery. Yes. You know, people talk about people coming to relationships with baggage. I get that. But the way she phrased it, I'm like, oh, yeah, no, legit. Like, open your suitcase and I, show me yours yes. and I'll show you mine. And, like, let's pull all the shit out of it, right? Like, Ugh. it's it's, it's a lot of stuff in there, but we can do it. Let's just I, get in there. I loved that. That really... Yeah really spoke to me yeah and I think that's why it goes with her what I read about the crystal ball or what she sees for them I just think that's what she sees in relationships work yeah and yeah. processing things yeah. and that there's no there may be a quote-unquote happy ending but that you're gonna have to keep doing this every day yeah. talking and making choices and working through things so I yeah. I love that yeah that works with that yeah yes it yeah. is so our takeaways, which I just sort of previewed, and I've basically been saying the entire time, uh, was, you know, she, she said in another interview that it's a universal story from a new perspective. And, and for me, that's what I take away from this. I was just struck by the universality of 
the themes in in this movie and you know I said this in the beginning like why I wanted to cover this is is really just I was really in awe of how she managed to make a very specific and important movie for the LGBTQ plus community that is also relatable on a widespread level I feel like she breaks the mold without losing sight also of what we all sit down to watch a holiday rom-com for so she showed me that like you can be original and creative and smart and groundbreaking within the more traditional confines of a big budget mm-hmm. rom-com mm-hmm. and it's like you know i'm just like it defies tradition but it also embraces it at the same time and i just thought that was i that's so well done yeah and I, I, yeah 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 that's not easy to do and you're right no nope. yes i love it yes love it yep all right all right Fa-la-la-la-la. See, this is how I started it. <laughs>